What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bomb City Locker Room Talk Podcast. You're listening to Locker Room Hype, episode 21. It's been a while. It's been a long while, James. Ready to talk some sports. What's up, Joseph? I'm ready, but we need to talk about something else first. <laughs> yeah, we're sitting here getting ready to uh, record this podcast, and I don't know if the mics are picking it up in the background. Uh, it's December 26th, and somebody's mowing their damn lawn. <laughs> To all you dads out there, I mean, we got to know, like, is this, is Have you this ever, insane? Because I've never done that. To me, like, it doesn't make sense, number one. I mean, okay, maybe he missed the mark, right? Like, maybe he didn't get to mow his lawn when he should have. You know, holidays coming up. I, I totally get that. But the grass isn't going to grow anymore. It's yeah. all dead. It may be. He may have not mowed it late in fall, and it's still long, and it's just dead, and he's just trying to cut it all one length, which I get. But or maybe it's leaves. Maybe he's trying to maybe pick up leaves, leaves. But come on, man! Yeah, it's December twenty sixth, bro. It's Boxing Day. It's the day after Christmas. I don't get it. God, do something better with your time. Like record a podcast about sports. That's right. It's been a while since we've done one of these. So it has. It has a whole NFL season is almost, and college football is almost. Come and yes. gone. Life has gotten in the way of everything and our, our plans to do a sports podcast, but we're going to bring it to you as frequent as we can. So with that being said, let's dive right into college football. Yes, sir. So we recently had the final college football rankings appear and revealed to us on Sunday after all of the conference championship games were played. Yeah. And we finally... This fucking lawnmower. <laughs> I know, right? We got a top four, a top four, and we really don't agree with the top four for a few reasons. And I think one and two are kind of I, – I don't think those can be disputed, right? Yeah, one and two – I'm fine with that. I, I mean, I'm not fine with it as a football fan. I'm tired of seeing that. Agreed. But with the way the setup is, uh, the, the way that they decide the playoffs currently – I think one and two is a given, uh, Alabama and Clemson. I don't think anybody did not see them at the beginning of the year not being in these two games at the end of the year. I think that's pretty much standard, right? Even with uh, um, Nick missing uh, coaching, was it two or just the one? I think he missed a couple, and, and Clemson lost to Notre Dame without Trevor Lawrence due to COVID protocol. Yeah. That really – it wasn't a big deal because – once they got Trevor Lawrence back, they were back to being Clemson. And I think that's what the coach, the the coaches poll, uh, the Associated Press, everybody that views that and votes for these types of things, I think they understood that 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 team with Trevor Lawrence deserves to be in that in that spot. I, I out of yes, we have problems with the top four. I mean, I have a problem with the entire playoff ranking system in general. But I think even the teams that are in would probably say Clemson deserves that number two spot definitely and it's interesting because I heard a quote from Nick Saban a few days ago he did not believe that or does not believe that Ohio State should be ranked number three mm -hmm. and we both feel a certain kind of way about that because yeah. they've only played six games they did win their conference which I feel like that is a, a huge element to making the college football playoff that that needs to happen in my opinion you have to win your conference i wish that we could take you know from the power five all the champions and one group of five champion maybe two 
but with that being said, I do think there should be an expansion, but we'll go down that rabbit hole when we get there. Yeah. But Ohio State at number three, I, I really just don't believe that they deserve it Mm-mm. because they've only played six games. Yeah, they, they came into the season extremely late. Um, uh, I don't really agree with Notre Dame either uh, based on you know the quality of opponent and who they have played. Uh, I don't agree with that either, but I would I would pick them over Ohio State. Them them being is is kind of egregious. Six and zero. Okay, great. They're they're six and zero. Uh, and they know. didn't play their arch rival Michigan. Which yeah, Michigan they, was terrible this year. But anything can happen in that game. We, we all would expect Ohio State probably to steamroll them, but. I don't know about steamrolling, but like it's like you said, rivalry games are different. You know, we're we're here in a little bit. We're going to talk about Cowboys and Eagles coming up on Sunday. Uh, it doesn't matter what your record is, especially when it's a rival. It's a team that you're familiar with. A lot of those seniors and juniors on both of those teams, they they know how to play each other, and it probably would have been more competitive, more competitive than most of the games that Ohio State has seen this season. And 2020 has been strange and weird. You never know how those rivalry games could shake out. I mean, look at the OU and Texas game. OU was up 14 points with a few minutes left and ended up going into overtime with Texas and and played three three to four overtimes, and it just ended in dramatic fashion with an interception. So, I mean, Michigan probably wouldn't have stood a chance, but it would have been nice to see Ohio State with that win underneath their belt among a few more. They join the party late. Yeah, I, I I don't think they should even be considered for contention. I don't think they should be, and this might be kind of a, a, a taboo thing to say, but I don't think Ohio State should even be in the top ten. If 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 a team plays a full season, like here, let's just go over the top ten real quick. I mean, you got Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Notre Dame, A and M, Oklahoma, Florida, Cincinnati, Georgia, Ohio State, Iowa uh, State, Iowa State. Excuse me. Uh, what did I say? Ohio State again? Yeah. My bad. Um, out of those teams, now granted, me and you were going to be biased with A&M and Oklahoma, but let's set them aside for a second and let's look at everybody else. Cincinnati, I think, out of all the teams we just named in the top 10, probably deserve to be in over Ohio State for sure. I think their ranking should have been higher. Um if I if I'm looking at it from a college football fan standpoint, I would go Bama, Clemson, Ohio State, Cincinnati, Notre Dame. Uh-huh. Just from just from being a fan of football, right? Um, now, obviously, the Aggie in me is not going to let Cincinnati say Cincinnati because of the because you kind of get into like your quality of opponent. Who have you played? Who right. have you beaten? Um, and Cincinnati I, only beat Tulsa, who was ranked. Yeah, that's 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 a problem. But because they did beat a ranked team and they did play three more games in Ohio State, I would definitely pick them over Ohio State. If exactly. anything, I if mean, anything, wins do matter, and it doesn't matter if you're a Group of Five team, an FCS team, or a Power Five team. When you win nine games and you lose none, that speaks volumes about it does. the type of team you have, for sure. No matter if the depth on your roster or the type of talent that's there. You took care of business, and you should, you know, be rewarded for that. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like it's it's been kind of the whole uh, BCS and everything else, and college football playoffs. It's it's been kind of a, it's been a mess. It's for been a long shitty time. for yeah. a while. It's so hard to determine a champion when you have 130 some odd schools, and you only have room for two at the end of the season. I don't I don't like that at all. Like I I liked what we talked about off off podcast about a week ago where we said, you know, I think 16 teams is fair enough because it's like you said, um, 
people want to make comparisons to the NFL and they don't understand how many college football teams and how many division one schools are really in division one. They people that kind of just your average college football fan, they look at that top 25 or whoever their team is to follow. And, and they don't really understand the ins and outs that there are tons of more division one schools than you really think. And I think if you put in the top 16, at least give those top 16 teams a chance you may end up in a situation where a 16 or 14 uh, seated team makes it to the end. Exactly. I totally, and especially like, why wouldn't they, right? Like you look at games years back, like going, going just to how unpredictable college football games are. It's easy to predict NFL games because everybody on the field is at at least running a four or five at every position. Somebody's fast, right? I mean, not everybody, but you know what I'm saying? Like the whole, the whole playing field is, is, is pretty equal in college. I mean, you could have one standout be a difference maker in a game. And to put in, like, you look at games like, remember the Appalachian State uh, Michigan, Michigan game yeah, many years non-conference ago? Non-conference game that ended up with a blocked field goal at the end. That was iconic and, and, and epic the way that that game ended. And it just proves that even if you're, you know, a lower Division One school, you can compete with the big boys as long as you take I, care of business. I don't know why they have so many D1 schools and are, are afraid. Why I don't understand the, the thinking behind it. It's all about money, dude. It is, and that's the thing. It's political, it's, too. It's money. It's, it's the all brands. It's these booster clubs that are putting in money to every season. It, it, it does have factor into it. Um, you know, I just – I don't think it's fair for – Everybody knew this when college football became a thing and they made the play. When did that go into effect? Like 2014. Two, yeah, I, I did. I thought it was 2012, but yeah, like I knew it was in the late or the early tens. And when that went into effect, a lot of people were okay. Bama, Ohio State, they're going to be there every year. They're going to be the talk of it. Yep. And then Clemson was up and coming. 2015, they make it in 2016, and they've just kind of held up residency there in the college football playoff. and, and they Most have, of it's accredited to Dabo. Give, give, give Dabo Sweeney all his yes, credit they, where it's due. They've done a phenomenal job of recruiting. It's that damn Alabama Nick Saban tree, right? <laughs> He's the damn Bill Belichick, all his coaches. But the only the problem, the difference between Belichick and Nick Saban is his coaching staff that has left him has actually found success. You look yeah. at teams like uh, A&M uh, with uh, – Sorry, I had a brain fart. Franchoni? No, 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 no. Like, uh, um, God. Kevin Sumlin. No, our coach now. <laughs> uh, oh, Jimbo Fisher. Jimbo. I, I kept wanting to say Bo. I thought you were going yeah. a little bit further no, back. No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, coaches that have coached under Saban have found more success in college football yeah. than uh, Belichick's coaches that have left And he's him. undefeated against all of his previous assistants, mm-hmm. which is remarkable. Um. I mean, you would hope so. That would be the case, though, right? Guys that you train that are learning, kind of taking little tidbits from you, you would hope that you could still beat them. I I hate Nick Saban. Like, I hate Bill Belichick. He's a Hall of Fame coach. I just – I'm tired of Alabama. I'm tired of Alabama, too. And it just – it's a machine that doesn't keep churning and doesn't keep – it's going to continue to gain traction throughout college football and year in and year out because they're they're getting so many five stars they're getting the best players in the country those kids want to go play at a university like Alabama because they are there at the end of the season competing for a national championship since 2009 and these kids these days man they're they're attracted to one thing and one thing only and and that is 
just winning. It doesn't even matter the university anymore. It's just like where who's winning? I want to go there. I want to. That's why stay. the S, that's why the SEC is attracting so many players. I it goes back to like you know I'm sure how you feel about the SEC now. You're kind of over that. It's how I felt before. Um, being in the Big 12, I hated hearing about the SEC, but it was kind of like, you know, I don't blame A&M for joining that conference because uh, look at the, you know, people like Miles Garrett, Von Miller. You get, you get you know, big guys that are uh, elite five-star defenders um, coming out of that conference because these kids want to play in that conference because it is the it's, premier it's always league. touted as the best of the best, and it's hard to argue against it. However, it's been proven if you recruit well, if you build a program the right way, like Clemson has done, you can compete yeah, with yeah, the that's, SEC. And that that's the caveat giants to it. Giants out there. That's the caveat to it. And it's like how OU has always kind of stayed on that cusp of their success from the national championships they won in the early 2000s. You know, and being in those games and being in big moments, they've been able to stay relevant. They've been able to stay relevant because of their offense. And, and now but it, just it, it, does, recent, it does come to recruiting, right? right? Because With, you put yourself yes. on the map. When you hire a good defensive coordinator like Alex Grinch, who they hired a couple years ago, he's really turned around the defense. And now they're at a level where they can compete in those semifinal playoff games and not get embarrassed. Now, last year, we had guys suspended. We had guys hurt, and we faced one of the best teams in college football history. And we weren't, we were not a playoff team last year. You know, if Utah takes care of business, they're in the playoff. They lost to Oregon in the Pac 12 championship. And by default, we got thrust in there, which we did not belong last year, but we were there. And it's always good for recruiting when you're there in the Final Four. But I do think, you know, with recruiting and the way it's gone in recent years with Oklahoma, we are getting to the point of a Clemson in a lesser conference where we can compete with the big boys of the SEC and actually break through and win a playoff game and get to the national championship. As, as a football fan, I, I can totally respect uh, what OU has done because when Lincoln Riley first took over that program, I was kind of one of those people that was like, okay, Bob's gone. This team is going right. to tank. And they didn't. They, they, they held in there and Lincoln bought into the philosophy that Bob Stoops had, had delved into that program for so many uh, seasons and they were able to build on that success. And I like the way the season started for OU, it was very rocky, but they finished very strong. They have. And it's weird because out of all the, the past big 12 championships and the, and the most recent six in a row, which we've won, this is the most special because of how it's begun and how it started, you know, losing, losing two conference games in a row, which hasn't been done since 99. It was just, it, it felt eerie. It felt weird. And then for them to get things back on track and to finish the season the way that they did, it's a testament to what type of coaches are there, what type of team they have, because next year, I mean, it's set up for a phenomenal 2021 football season for the Oklahoma Sooners. They, they have the team to win a national title next year. Whether or not they put it all together is yet to be seen. But, you know, they, they have all the pieces. And, and the defense is coming around. And a dominant performance in the Big 12 championship last weekend against Iowa State was very promising. And, and I feel like, you know, the way that Oklahoma is, is gaining traction over there, I feel like A&M is kind of in that same boat. They are starting under Jimbo Fisher mm. to gain traction and trend in the right direction. So it all started, like, 
I couldn't stand someone for the last two years that he was there. I was I was ready for him to go. I was ready for him to go towards the end of Johnny Manziel's career. I I thought um, he just he's not a player's coach. He doesn't have good control of the locker room. Obvious with the way Johnny Manziel's career turned out um, in college and going to the NFL. I mean, you need good guidance, especially when you're a rich kid that wants to party all the time. That 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 responsibility on me. I mean, yeah, granted, players players need to act and perform a certain way, uh, but uh, I think coaching kind of comes down to some of the problems Johnny had leaving. Could be leaving uh, college football. But I was never a Sumlin fan, and we got Jimbo Fisher. I was super excited. I was like, I was among the many because we, you know, A and M always had decent caliber players, and especially going into the SEC. But I mean, you know, the past few coaches, you know, Dennis Franchoni, terrible. Mike Sherman leaving the Green Bay Packers did terrible with A and M, and then Kevin Sumlin coming in, so so. He was he was better than the other two, and. uh they just struck gold, man, with Johnny Manziel. He just that came he, out of nowhere. He was a special type of football player. Like you, you know, you have those college football players who, um, you know, Johnny Manziel is probably in a lot of people's. I would say he's probably in the top fifty, top twenty-five college football players. Maybe not top twenty-five, but top fifty he's, college football players. I would say he's arguably a top twenty-five of be, of, of a career that he had at A and M. He put them back on the map. He helped put that team, and it's like kind of like a Tebow and Doug Flutie type of career, right? And like Baker he did great. Mayfield, like walk yeah. on, making it well. Happen. And well, Baker's starting to do good in the NFL. What I'm getting at is these 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 college quarterbacks that come in and, undersized, uh, yeah. underdog type of persona about them and they they make it happen yeah and uh you know they rode those the success i think manzil helped uh sumlin a lot and then he was left and then you know uh, jimbo took over and i was excited uh change of pace and uh pretty good cup first couple of seasons but this 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 has been jimbo's best year by far inning number five in the country uh, Kellen Mond smashing a lot of Johnny Menzel's records. Granted, uh, Johnny Menzel was redshirted. Kellen has started since he was a fresh, true freshman. So I have a question for you about Kellen. Do you think you know they're giving everybody a mulligan? They're 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 everybody who's who's a senior or junior, whatever whatever grade they're in, they can come back for another year of eligibility because of this COVID season. Now, yeah. do you think Kellen Mond will come back for another season? Honestly, I could see it just because of the fact of an A&M fan, and I know a lot of us A&M fans are so sick and tired of Kellen Mond. I could just see it happening. But he's gotten better and better. He has gotten better. Uh, you know, I got to see them play live. I went to, in my opinion, the I got to go to the greatest college football game of all time. Um, I went to the A&M-LSU game last, uh, two seasons ago. Uh, they went into seven overtimes and um, I got to see him play. He, the way he played then is how he's played his, I've watched A&M every A&M game um, since he's been there. You know what I mean? And he's yeah. just as inconsistent now as he was then. He so, has moments of brilliance. Will he come back? I could see it happening. I hope not because Haynes King is going to be a sophomore. Haynes King, as you know, uh, one of the five-star recruits off of Rivals, one of the best quarterbacks in the state of Texas, and he's going to be starting for A&M, and I want to see Haynes play. And that's kind of how it's, – it's, it's weird how that situation is kind of unfolding, and then you look – Look over to Austin and the Sam Ellinger situation. He's still undecided whether or not he's going to come back. But a lot of Texas fans feel like, no, we don't want him back because we want to see the bright young future that's and behind I, him. I think AM fans are the same way. I think I think most most true football fans that are really fans of just football in general 
don't want Kellen back. Not not you know he did great. He has moments to where, um, and we'll get into in just a second, like how I feel like we kind of got snubbed by teams like Notre Dame and Ohio State being in the playoffs, and we kind of got overlooked. But you know we should have beat Vanderbilt convincingly, and we only won fifteen to twelve. And Kellamon performed terrible in that game. I think he only had like a hundred yards, and he was like nineteen for forty four. Yeah. And he had he had four turnovers that game, and three of them were fumbles. And it's like, uh, you can't be expected to be an elite quarterback in the SEC alone, let alone college football, to be in like a Heisman conversation. I've always I've seen articles and analysts for ESPN and stuff putting like, you know, Kellen Mond should be considered in Heisman candidacy. No, he shouldn't because he's just inconsistent. He's inconsistent. I don't right. think he's going to have – like I used to be worried about how Jalen Hurts was going to do in the NFL um, because he was inconsistent as OU. But he's not – like we always used to talk about that, right? Like Jalen's inconsistent. But Jalen is not – when he's inconsistent, he still performs decent, right? Mm-hmm. When Kellen is inconsistent, he he's bad. He's terrible. He's overlooking reads. You know, he's he's throwing into – He's, he's co- more he's, of a one-read guy, tuck and run. That's kind of how Jalen Hurts was. Like but, he'll throw into double Ke- coverage on man, cover two. Kellen Mond can be a bit of a gunslinger and just take risks a lot of times, you know. And that's my biggest critique and issue that I've had with him throughout the years he's been at A&M is just his, I, his I, accuracy and his decision-making. I think Jimbo walked into a situation. He took over this quarterback that uh, Kevin had kind of uh, – Kevin Sumlin had kind of built up. Um, and and I think uh, I think Jimbo until he got Haynes earlier this year, he was in a catch twenty two because other than Haynes King, there was no other quarterback on the roster that could have competed with him because we lost Kyler Murray to OU. I think a big thing Jimbo could be doing since he had Jameis Winston those years at Florida State, maybe he's he's looking for for a prototypical Jameis mobile to fit into the A and M system. Do you think that's a possibility with this Haynes kid? How big is he? Uh, is he kind of a dual threat? No. I mean, okay, I think he's more of a uh, – honestly, Haynes reminds me a little bit of Jalen. He's smaller, but he's able to make plays on third and short with his legs, getting yep. the first down, quarterback sneaks, things like that. And Jameis wasn't a, a, a true th- dual threat. He could, he could extend plays here and there. He wasn't very fast, but he, he could get, get out of the pocket if he needed to. Yeah, Jalen Hurts actually could create things with his legs, and Kellen Mond can, can do that as well. He's athletic enough to extend plays and it makes something happen when a play is broken down. He's, he's not, he's not um, necessarily – like big as far as like someone you would think like a Carson Wentz or a Ben Roethlisberger type body type, but he, I mean he's he's your height. He's like he's six three, um, which is I think what what Jalen's like what six. He's six two, six one, six one, around, six two. He's I, he's right there. Um, so he he's not bigger, but he's not smaller. He's big. He's I think his body size. I think he's going to be more impressive than uh. I think his arm strength. That like that, that's the thing. Like I look when I look at Haynes King, I look at uh his his uh his upper body type and the way he is able to maintain in the pocket. I think he's going to have a way way better arm strength than Kellamon. You think? so? I think that's his upside. Is his arm strength? Um, but yeah, man, I I think I think A and M did get snubbed a little bit. I know you don't feel that way. I think you I think you feel like uh. A&M being number five and losing to Vanderbilt or beating Vanderbilt by only three points, uh, you know, and I, I can, I can, I can get where you're coming from. Yeah, we didn't beat, but we did beat Florida when they were number four, 
right. we didn't beat them convincingly. We won 41 to 38. And, and then Florida lost two other games that right. entire season. Florida didn't turn out to be who we all thought they were earlier in the season. You know, they beat Georgia. They're, they're looking good. They're winning games. And they, they have the debacle in, in Baton Rouge against uh, LSU. LSU. And after that, they kind of just trended downwards. And then losing to – they. Uh, Although they did put on a good show against Alabama, but they did lose. They lost in the SEC championship. Um, you know, going back to like Cincinnati, I just felt like, you know, AM deserved a high ranking, no doubt. But to be in the top four, I just did not believe that they they belong there. And I think that this would if any year out of all of the college football playoff years, this was the year to put in a group of five team. And putting With in Cincinnati, Cincinnati. Yeah. and allowing them to Make some noise and and validate their success against the, but, the best of the best. This was the year for them to put gonna, them in. I'm going to play devil's advocate to that. Look at quality opponent. Look at the schedule that Cincinnati played. Do you feel like they could have, like AM's eight and one? Our only loss was to Alabama. And okay. So I see my what you're saying I'm, my my thing is 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 like okay. You want to put Cincinnati over A and M? Could Cincinnati have beaten Florida? Could Cincinnati have beaten you know Mississippi State and Tennessee and Ole Miss? And could could the they have done that in a regular year? If A and M is ten and one, Cincinnati's eleven and zero. A and M goes ahead. I put of them. I put A and M ahead of Cincinnati, but in a year like this, with all things considered, I just felt like Cincinnati deserved. Either the one number of, four spot at least to a, get in the college football playoff. A and, a and M, A and M, OU, Cincinnati, all deserve it more than Ohio State. I think we could say that. I think so. I think Florida deserves it more than Ohio State. Right. Putting Ohio State there is just is just built on previous year's success. That's 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 their brand. That's the problem that is wrong with college football playoffs. It's like you said, it, it's it's a money thing. It's a it's a hey, we have to have like these faces into it because what what brings these networks? Like I think most of the majority of these games, these playoff games are going to be on ABC, and I think Fox. They're looking at like who's bringing it in. Ohio State is like, and cr- and credit to Ohio State, they, they're a great university. They did win their conference, despite of how short their conference schedule was or the season was. They did win their conference. And I think that's what the committee really looked at in regards to Ohio State and the fact that they are undefeated. And and it's all about the eyeball test, unfortunately, with the committee. They want to know who the best four are and who they think are going to compete at the best to be the best at the end of the season. And they felt like Ohio State was one of the best teams at the end of the season. So... And I mean, they put them in there. Number a- three, A and M. Uh, you know, they didn't get their uh, their game against Ole Miss. That was the only game we did not get rescheduled. Um, we could be having a different conversation if they were able to play that game. Um, they kept having back and forth with COVID. They they rescheduled the Tennessee game and finally got to play that last week. And you know, we we whooped the shit out of Tennessee, thirty four thirteen. Right. Um, and and OU is kind of the same thing. Like I want to talk about a team real quick, James. That um, kind of surprised a lot of people. Um, they they struggled towards the end there, uh, but they start off really good. Uh, Iowa State. Mm-hmm. What is your what is your uh, outlook for them uh, being in the Big Twelve and moving forward? They have a lot of promise, and to be honest with you, as an o- OU fan. I, I was really nervous about playing them in the conference championship because they really did get better throughout the season. You know, they, they dropped to a, a group of five team. I think it was Western Kentucky, very first game. 
and they had a lot of momentum. They beat OU. They beat Texas in the same season, and that's that's never happened. They were a legitimate Big 12 contender this year, and what really plagued them in that championship game was the fact that Brock Purdy just – he was inconsistent. He was not accurate with the football, and he turned the ball over three times. And their running game was not effective against an Oklahoma team who have one of the best defenses in the country, and they're playing – the hottest right now that they played all season. But Iowa State is one of those teams that has a bright future under Matt Campbell. I was going to say real quick, you know, you mentioned his name. For Matt Campbell to take over that program, I think he came in at like, what, 2015, 2016, something like that. So he he took over, and, you know, I remember when A&M was in uh, the Big 12 still and Iowa State, that was that was always a guaranteed win almost. And the things that Matt Campbell has been able to do with that program to be eight and three in the top ten, I think that's fucking huge for the Cyclones. And you know, sorry, it, I know we try to cut. It's huge less because on this no, one. it's fine. They when they played Texas and they beat Texas in Austin. One of the quotes at the end of the game from Brees Hall, their running back was, "It's five star talent versus five star culture." Yeah, and that's the type of a philosophy of mentality that they're building at Iowa State is we're going to carry ourselves the right way. We're going to play hard, and we're not going to back down anybody. We're gonna we're gonna play like we're a five star. Because what were they? Program what were they last group. year? weren't they like eight and four? They've always been around when in their best years. They've always lived around seven to eight wins. Middle middle of the road, right? And yeah. now now like so. My question is: Do you think Matt Campbell? Um, in my opinion. I think he's the second best coach in the Big Twelve. I think he got Coach of the Year this year. And he, he he deserves he, it. Absolutely, that's what I'm saying. Like he's he's a little bit behind Lincoln Riley, but I I mean Lincoln is feeding off coat not feeding off coattails, but you know what I'm saying. Like he's he had a he had a foundation to build his success. He did have a foundation, and and I I do see where you're going with that because Matt Campbell took over a a program that's probably Disarray. comparable probably comparable to Texas, Texas Tech. Tech. Yep. It's in the middle of nowhere, yep. and they they don't get the best. It's recruits. hard to. I was gonna say it's, it's very to hard to recruit for teams like that, and that's why, like you know, Tech fans, you're four and what? What are they right now? Oh man, four and eight. I think they're around four wins. I think they only have that many, but it it, it it's hard when. Honestly, Tech should be kind of it. Tech Tech fans and Tech coaching staff should be embarrassed because of the success that that team has had over the last five years. And you can call it what you want to, but the tech really did show success. I hate Texas tech, but you have to give credit where credit is due. And, you know, Cliff Kingsbury built on some things, um, that, uh, Mike Leach, Mike Leach had, had, had built upon. Yeah. And, you know, they were they were up there for a while, and then they kind of have fallen off since. And since Cliff, Kling- the wins didn't real didn't come together while he was there, which I thought it was a home run hire with him there. But they they never made it. To oh, the I was game. I I will like I've always there for a long time. Like especially when we were in the Big Twelve. Obviously, my, the number one team I can't stand as an AM fan is the Longhorns, and but I've always never liked Tech just because being in Amarillo and going to their games, their fans. I'm sorry to say this. Their fans are assholes at their games, and I was just kind of over that team. They were—they always thought they were more hot shit than they really were, and right. um, it, it, it just—I've never liked Tech. And when they—and I hate them even more because they took Cliff from us. He was our quarterbacks coach. Yeah. 
And Cliff, you know, going back to his home school where he played college football and had a great career there, I thought it was a perfect fit. Now, recently they've hired Sonny Cumbie, who is a great quarterback at Texas Tech, and he's going to take over the offensive coordinator responsibilities for the Red Raiders, and I think that's a great hire. He was recently at TCU and did a phenomenal job with TCU. So I think Matt Wells can really lean on Sonny Cumbie to kind of get that offense back to the peripheral, you know, air raid and just really breathe, breathe some, you know, much needed life into that offense. I mean, they, they still move the ball up and down the field, but it's, it doesn't feel the same as it did. Even when before, Leach was there. Even before Tuberville, you know, Tuberville, that was a disaster. And then, you know, when Leach was there, those were kind of the golden years of Texas Tech and, they need Michael to get back Crabtree. to that identity, man. They need to get back to that that identity. And with Sonny Cumbie coming back, I think that they can. They've just got to really – they got to pull some strings with the, the transfers, the junior college guys coming in, and with recruiting in general. And it, they are comparable to Iowa State in a lot of ways. But Iowa State has really gained traction and done so much – more than they've ever done before in the recruiting world and just developing players. You know, Iowa State, that's what they do there. They play disciplined football. They develop the talent they have, kind of like Kansas State. They're a well-disciplined team. They always have been. They don't beat themselves, and they play hard-nosed ball, and they develop the talent that they do have. Even if they have a ton of two-stars, three-stars, doesn't matter who they have. They really coach those kids up, and they – they turn into players. Yeah, Matt, Matt Campbell deserves all the credit in the world for the success Iowa State has had. And it's a shame that they're only number 10. But I think sky's the limit. I think they're the, obviously the, the only team in the Big 12 this year that really, I think, you know, even over Texas, I, I think they gave OU more of a run for their money than Texas could have. Yeah, I mean, and with Texas, man, all Texas had to do was beat Iowa State to get into the Big 12 championship. But they lose at home. And they did not. They lost 23 to 20. They lost at home to Iowa State in a game that was that was senior night. Okay, that was the seniors last game there. How much did you at love DKR. that? DKR, you fan. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> An old dicker at the end to tie the game. He misses it and I was loving it, man, because they they bragged and boasted so much about Dicker the kicker over the years because of that fluke freaking last second field goal that he made against OU in 2018. I was just so elated to see him miss that. You know, uh, one thing that kind of surprised me with the final college football standings was that Florida actually ended up over Georgia. That's kind of odd to me. Well, you know, Florida being set, Florida yeah. being seven and three, and uh, what what Georgia was like eight and two, and the way they beat the shit out of Missouri, they beat the crap out of South Carolina, they beat Mississippi State, you know, by a touchdown, but. Um, that game against Florida really did hurt them. They lost 44-28 to 28 against uh, Florida. Uh, but every other game, they pretty much commanded other than the uh, the Bama game. Bama and Florida, that that's where it draw, drew the line. But I don't it, – it just sucks that when a team, your deciding game is, okay, our records are tied, but this team, we just because we lost to them – we have a better record, and we've beaten almost every other opponent convincingly. I really, I, I think Georgia is a better team than Florida. Yeah, personally, I, it came down well to head to head. To be fair, Georgia Georgia lost to Florida, and Florida made the way and paved their own path to the SEC championship. 
and that's one of the big reasons why they're ranked ahead of Georgia. Now, if they were to play today, I bet Georgia would beat them. Georgia especially, would beat them. Especially now that Georgia's starting JT Daniels, such yep. a much improved quarterback, and they're they're kind of you know regenerating and evolving offensively with with the quarterback position and with them inserting JT Daniels into the starting lineup that offense has looked a little bit different and it needs to because they have been so prehistoric for so long with the way that they operate offensively Mm -hmm. so I do think that Georgia could beat Florida in a game if they play today but Florida is where they are because of the head-to-head and the fact that they made it to the SEC championship and everybody's riding Florida's nuts. And this yeah. is what I can't I, I stand. I don't get it. I don't get it. Because, Why? Because they played Alabama close. Whoop-de-fucking-new. You still lost? Exactly. You played us close and we beat you. And we're not in. And I don't know. Like, Did you hear the soundbite of the uh, Florida linebacker? He's already talking trash about OU. He's like, you know, it's a good matchup, but OU, they're just not on the same level as us. They're not SEC. That better be bulletin board material for the next freaking four or five days. Yeah. And Lincoln Riley better light a fire under that defense, underneath that offense, and we better go out there and kick some SEC ass. I hope y'all do. I really do because Florida doesn't I, – I just think they're fourth best overall in the SEC. I think they're fourth best. Yeah, like we said, I, I think Georgia's better than Florida I think, at this point. I, I think it goes Bama, A&M, Georgia, Florida. Those are the best teams in the SEC. Um, it, it it's going to be interesting next year going forward to see what A and M can really bring to the table. You know, you're going to have a new quarterback. I'll, I, you know, you asked me earlier. I really think all all intents and purposes, Haynes King will be the starting quarterback. Come, I think Mon's either going to opt for the draft or go undrafted he will be on an nfl be roster yeah i think he'll feel a lot of pressure with internally within the program and externally from mm-hmm. the fans and everybody else the media like i think Dude, he you just knows need to go i think he knows and he's like he's like even like and from kellen mon's perspective let's look at the nfl for a minute man like and we're gonna get into like the the projections and the drafts and everything like that uh here in a minute but from Kellen Mond's perspective as being an NFL prospect, this is the number one, like the most, no no NFL season has had this many teams under 500. So a lot of players that would originally go undrafted are probably going to get drafted. Right. People are going to, teams are carrying more. I can see Kellen going to a team in the third round. Right. I think he will get drafted. He may go as early as the third round. Look at Jalen Hurts. I did not see Jalen Hurts going in the that's cause my team's second fucking, round. That's because my team's fucking stupid and doesn't know how to draft. I saw Jalen Hurts as a fourth or fifth round guy. I, I agree with that. I'd say fourth. Maybe even sixth round. Late, I mean, late fourth. He did come in second in I the Heisman race. What we should have done what we should have done was draft Justin Jefferson, and then Jalen Rager probably would have been there in the second round. Probably. We had the third pick in the second round. But, hey. If Jalen Hurts pans out for the Philadelphia Eagles, they are going to look like geniuses for taking him in the second and round. And that's the thing that I hate. 
because it's going to make Howie Roseman keep his job, and, and we'll get into yeah, NFL we'll in a, and we'll get it. We'll get into the NFL in a minute. But and and I'm already mad at my fucking team because they've never know how to. We passed on DK Metcalf for oh, JJ Ortega Whiteside. He's and not even with the team anymore, is he? Who JJ? Is he? Yeah, no, he's still there. But he, you know, he's had four catches in two seasons. Okay, yeah. So he's he's basically not. He's there. a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> in uh, EDP's words. Yeah, and yeah. I do. I want to talk to you about. So are we done? Are done? Are we done with college one, football? One more thing about college football. I want to talk to you about number four spot with Notre Dame. Do you feel like Notre Dame deserves to be in the top four after taking an embarrassing loss to Clemson in the ACC championship? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I don't even have to think about it. I think okay, what you know, like what they've been in the ACC is what they left this year. Big Big East. They, 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 they were independent. They've been independent this whole time. Now, but but they were in the, the Big East in twenty thirteen. Not in football. Oh, they, that football team, it's always been independent, right? It's always been independent. Okay. And then they go into the ACC. And For then this they, one they, season. they play dog shit until they get to Clemson. <laughs> and then they play like dog shit against Clemson. No, but no. to play devil's advocate for any three, let me just Notre say, Dame, let me they just, did beat Clemson the first time they played in the regular season. Okay. But without in, Trevor Lawrence, in, mind you. Exactly. And that's why I think, like we said at the beginning of the podcast, these coaches, the, the people that make the playoff committee, they knew that when Trevor Lawrence is in the lineup, cause he's that good of a quarterback, he is that, that he, they Clemson deserves to be number two. I don't think anybody can doubt that. Uh, granted, with their defense, it's kind of questionable hit or miss on some of their uh, on some of their uh, defensive backs and their pass rushing uh, has some issues. But for the most part, Clemson deserves that number two spot. Notre Dame didn't play shit and didn't play Trevor Lawrence, and they didn't win convincingly that first game, mind you, either. And then Trevor Lawrence is there. They went into overtime and, to beat them, and then and then Trevor Lawrence is there and lights it the fuck up. And yep. it, it just exposes them. They're not a good team, and it sucks. They've because... never been a good team. I'm sorry if you're a Notre Dame fan. You know you can you can you think and just remember how handsome Brady Quinn with, is, and that's about <laughs> it. And how hot his sister was when she was dating AJ Hawk, wearing the double jersey. That's about your hot. Mateo, bro. That yeah, and his made up girlfriend. <laughs> that's your claim to fame. Okay, I'm so sick. The Fighting Irish go back to beating up on the Navy and the Army because that's where you belong. I'm sorry. I don't. I, I. I think you know Golden Taint and his slow ass. You know those years <laughs> there. It just. It's not. I don't think they deserve where the final ranking at all. I do. At all. I mean, I, personally, I, you you would pick Notre Dame to be in there. Personally, no, I wouldn't pick them to be in there. But I understand why the committee put them there politically and influence wise, like their it's brand. Because oh, the name. The fact that they won ten games in a, in this COVID season, they lost one game, but the the team they lost to, they did beat that team. Isn't that weird to think about? Notre Dame, like, is one of those colleges that like you see that fucking hat everywhere in every lid store in America, and they've always been really shitty. They've never been really a good team. Well, for the most part, historically, they've been good. But okay, but in my lifetime, in our lifetime, they've had their ups and downs. They did. I think they won it in '88 when we were. You were okay. one, whoop de doo. And they've been, they went to the national championship. But then again, I'm with I, Manti at the Teo same time. I'm, I'm holding on with my A and M, and you know that that defense <laughs> yeah. they used to have in the '80s. So, I mean, I, I get it. They are above average program. They they deserve it this year, but I do think they're going to get slaughtered by Alabama. Yeah, absolutely. It's gonna be it's gonna be Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State hasn't proven anybody. They and here's the thing for people that are fans of Ohio State. If you're listening right now, it's not that Ohio State 
can't beat somebody. It's just that they're not, um, they are not what I would consider. I don't, I feel like Bama is going to slaughter them for the simple fact that of a shortened season. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And Alabama with Mac Jones, um, that receiving core, Najee Harris, you know, Devontae Smith, they are powerful offensively. Notre Dame does not have the defense to slow them down, and Notre Dame does not have the offense to move the ball consistently to a point where they can win a football game against Alabama. It's just not going to happen. No. Let, let, let's go ahead and just move switch gears from college football playoffs. Uh, I think Bama wins 41-28 Clemson national champions okay so you think bama wins it all don't you think i think i think it's going to come down to alabama and clemson that, that's what i'm saying yes i do agree with you there but i i have to disagree about the outcome i think clemson will beat alabama uh 38 34 i just think alabama's defense is better than i i think trevor lawrence is going to have a shitty night I think that pass rush is going to be in his face. And um, I, I think he's going to have good numbers, but I just don't think Trevor Lawrence is enough to beat Bama. 41-28 is what I'm saying. It's my 38-34. I'll Clemson. take it. I'll take it. All right, man. Switching gears to another sport that we enjoy that is uh, very explosive, very popular. Uh, the NBA is back after an extremely short offseason. <laughs> right. Probably the shortest in NBA history. Uh, you know, everybody knows the Lakers won the championship in uh, October. Which, and you know, still the king, LeBron James, go, wins AP Male Athlete of the Year. And, you know, go my Lakers. You yeah, know, yeah. They did it for Kobe. For which Kobe. If they wouldn't have fucking won that thing, I would have been so mad. You know, there was a point with all the uh, – when we're not going to get into social issues on the podcast, but there was a point during uh, the height, I guess you could say, of the uh, the racism and the I mean, racism's always been social center, injustice, but, but, but social injustice, the police brutality, and all that stuff was at a height. The Lakers were not going; they were in their uh, first round series against the Portland Trail Blazers, and we're talking about opting out of the rest of the playoffs. And thank God they didn't because they won. Exactly. And uh, now that they got even better. Uh, they got two huge acquisitions in the offseason uh, that help out their bench. And they are, you know, they're one and one right now, but, you know, it's the start of the season. And I I think they're kind of just, uh, I think they're currently on that championship high. They you know, are. It's it's early, two games in. You know, right now the only undefeated teams in, in the NBA are the Clippers and the uh, Nets. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, I think, is probably the best all-around player in the NBA right now in my in my opinion um did you see he got hurt he did yeah he left the game with a facial injury have they released what it was yet have they last night's game against the nuggets he took an advertent elbow to the face and did not return he'll be so he I think he got like eight stitches or something like that he'll play he's a warrior that dude is one of the toughest players bar none and compare it to any sport I would want that dude on my team, no matter what. I, I, li- I like Kawhi. And honestly, I'd love to see like a Kawhi-Anthony Davis combo um, because LeBron 
I, I'm glad he's on my team, but Anthony Davis is my favorite Laker. And like that I brow, we, we would not have won that title had Anthony Davis had not played um, in those playoffs. Uh, the finals, he was kind of definitely letting LeBron take more of a m- major focus, which that's just Le- which would you? I mean, if you were yeah, Anthony I mean, Davis. It, yeah, I mean, it, it that's what LeBron does, right? When it's when it's go time, he he. You know, people talk about load management and oh, Kobe never had load management. And look what fucking happened to Kobe. He blew out his his Achilles. You've got so, to have some type of management. You know, when it comes to minutes and, and the wear and tear on the body. You've I'm got telling to. you right now, if that Achilles injury had never happened to Kobe Bryant, the Lakers probably could have built around him. But they needed to. So when people give LeBron James for being in his 18th season and having load management, fucking good, good. My hey, knee, I couldn't. Pl- could you play eighty-two games for at long, thirty-three for longevity and purposes? He's thirty-six, I think. It's essential when you want to have a long career. You want to sustain, you know, a type of talent like that. You've got to have some intervention where you you take the load off and you 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 put in these these uh, instances where they have breaks and they have the time off because you've got to you've got to take care of those players. He's a once in a generation player, wouldn't you agree? Oh, for sure. Like I've always said, like you know, people want to make the comparisons with uh, Michael and LeBron, and I think that's asinine because they're they're two separate play styles, uh, played in two different eras too. Uh, well, and and that and the the fact that the way that they carry themselves, like I've said, if anybody's a basketball fan, they don't think Michael and LeBron are that mirror image. The mirror image to LeBron James is Kobe Bryant. Is Kobe and Kobe the, the mirror know, image to his game after Michael. The mirror image to LeBron James. Is Magic Johnson? I would say I would say LeBron is better than Magic, but that is the closest player that he reminds me of. Right. He can run the point, he can control the offense, he gets his assist, he gets his rebounds, just like Magic did. He can play Mag- any position on the on the court. Magic and LeBron are more more akin to each other than 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 Magic and or excuse me than Michael and LeBron. You, we're never going to see another Michael Jordan again. Uh, I think LeBron is better than Magic. I think that those those two play styles. Are the best that should be mimicked. Um, I think uh, Kobe was Kobe was Michael's mirror image, and, and and LeBron is a better Magic Johnson, but he's not nowhere near has the the killer instinct that Kobe and Michael have. Right, and you know this season, this past season for the the Lakers, to me, from an outsider looking in, you've been a lifetime, lifelong Lakers fan. And I'm a fan of LeBron James. I love the guy. But this season for the Lakers was just such a historic season with the amount of adversity that they had to overcome and go through. Wouldn't you agree? And what, what sucks is to, to kind of just from the outside looking in, I feel for that team. And I, I really want them to – I'd love to see them go back-to-back because I don't mean this in the wrong way. But from a basketball fan standpoint – God, you, they, they would never say it, but man, if you're a player on the Lakers roster, you're tired of hearing about Kobe Bryant, and not, not in a bad way, right? Like not to mean disrespect to Kobe, but they, they're the team that did this, right? They're the team that pulled this off. They went to the bubble. They played through this adversity. They won the championship, and as someone like Anthony Davis, uh, trying to carve out his own legacy. You're, he's already riding the coattails of LeBron, and now you have to have in the whole the, we got to do it for Kobe thing. 
I'm excited for this season because now I that that's out of the way. Like, God forbid, I hate it. Like, I'm still sad. Like, he's my favorite athlete of all time. I hate that he's passed away. Uh, but from a basketball fan standpoint, we're over that. Right. Not – you know what I mean. We're over – we got to do You're it healing. for Kobe. We got to do it for Kobe. We already did it. We already did it. Everybody's healing. The championship helped, and now 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 to the let's future. go. Now let's go. Be like this is this is this Laker team, right? We're not living in Kobe Bryant's shadow. He's not the last Laker legend that won a title. And now it's like LeBron. You want to be up there with Michael and win? Let's go. Let's go get your fifth ring. Let go get it. And most of all, set the stage for Anthony Davis and that team moving forward. Like that's LeBron's. I feel like that's his job now. He's got to really solidify the Lakers franchise and organization moving forward. With, and and if with I was solid foundation, if I were if I were the LA Lakers management, um, I I I I accommodate LeBron, but the focus needs to be on AD. Right. He needs to be your long term player. You need to you build need, around. You need him. to start whatever happens at the end of this season. LeBron will be he's in his 18th year okay we're two years away from when Kobe retired at that age and granted LeBron's got he's a freak athlete I think he's got four to five I I, I do too I think I think LeBron's gonna go to about season 23 Mm -hmm. um which would be you know and, and like you said, because LeBron. he's a freak athlete, because he's got that athleticism, that's why his, his, his career is And he has just, had load management right. even when he was with Cleveland and Miami. you got to when you've got a star like this. So, and then, yeah, I don't have a problem with that. I'm just saying, like, I think if I was the L.A. Lakers, here's the thing. Those older players can get very expensive and not be as productive as they should be. Like, I think I, I love Kobe Bryant to death. But one of the main attributes to to their failure towards the end of his career is because he was so goddamn stubborn and money hungry that he wouldn't take a pay cut right. for them to build around him. And he was still like, you know, he could average 25 points a game if he wanted to. Um, but his knees were so bad and they, they, they paid overpaid him. And you don't want to get in that situation with LeBron, but give that give that money to Anthony Davis, who can be here for the next five to ten years. Right, and I think LeBron is smart enough to see that, and I think he's going to take a step back and realize, hey, you know, I'm a star. Everyone knows that, but I'm making money, you know, hand over fist, and he can outside of the NBA, off the court. Let, let me put set. it. Let, let me put it like this, right? The Shaq and Kobe won, you know, three back to back titles. Um, the best one two punch to ever do it. If the Lakers play their cards right and play the money game wisely. They have an opportunity, like you said. I think LeBron's going to pay play until year twenty three in the league. I think he's going to play twenty three. He's going to chase that fifth championship, definitely five. He if wants he gets to five, get five. We'll, we'll see where we go. Which I think they are going to repeat this year, and then we'll see what happens. But I think I think him and AD can at least win three, at least. I think they can if they stay together. They manage money. You know, you get Schroeder and Harrell, which Harrell had twenty two points coming off the bench the other night. 22 points off the bench. That's impressive. And then Schroeder had 18. Nice burp. Yeah, sorry. Schroeder, Schroeder had 18 starting, and then LeBron had 22, and Anthony Davis had 20, or Anthony Davis had 36, and then Harrell had 22. This team is going to be unbeatable, man. And they're, they're, that's the thing. Like, people think, like, okay, the Lakers won the title, but they're going to be even better than last year. 
which is insane. They they will be. And who do you think coming out of the East will really challenge them this year? I mean, you know, you, Gianna signed that uh, contract, which everybody kind of that kind of blew everybody away because uh, you heard you heard rumor that Giannis was going to leave, but he signs a five year deal with the Bucks. Um, I would love to see that game. They should have been there, but Giannis got hurt it, during the playoffs, and they did not get to they did not get to make the NBA Finals. Right. Um, so I think Giannis and uh, that team, um, the Celtics are up and coming. The Heat looked really really good. Um, they kind of lost some guys, but they kind of I think the Heat are going to be in there. Solid all around team. They, they, they are up there. Uh, what about I, the Nets? You have any faith in the Nets? Honestly, it's going to be on how much, uh, you know, Kevin Durant and uh, um, Kyrie Kyrie Irving can take you. Yeah. And uh, if they're both healthy, yeah, they'll be there. That'll probably honestly that that's probably who it's going to be. That may be in the finals. Yeah, and, that's more than likely. As a, as a Lakers fan, I know, you know, this is this is one of the best Laker teams that that you've seen in a while. And they have a chance to re- repeat, but I think the Clippers are a legitimate force coming out. This Laker of the West team, the Laker team, the Laker team that we have right now, this is the best Laker. If you're a Lakers fan, this is the best Laker team uh, that has been there since two since 2002. Because people talk about, okay, you know, you you remember the year we we had Kobe, Shaq, Carl uh, uh, Malone, and Gary Payton. But they lost. They lost those finals. So I, I think this is the best well-rounded team we've had since that 0-2 uh, win against the Nets. Um, this this team's going to have uh, on paper they 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 have a better roster than that team. Um, the NBA is a different type of team. We're seeing Steph Curry and the Warriors right now really struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, Steph is kind of going. Doesn't it feel good to see them struggle? It does because, but at the same time, I was also the guy that when it was just Steph Curry and Andre Iguodala and they beat the Spurs to win uh, or not beat the Spurs, but they, they were in that game. Mm-hmm. And and when Curry, Curry was coming back or coming into the league and, and really proving himself as, as a, as a point guard to really be the best in the NBA, uh, that's where they're at now. And, and I think that's the, this is the problem when teams try to have super teams, right? You lose that talent. Uh, Clay Thompson still hurt. And when they get Clay back, I think, They'll start to turn things. They'll around. be a contender, but but, but Steph Curry recently tweeted or they're a shell not tweeted, of themselves. Yeah, they're definitely well. They're a shell because you know Kevin Durant's not there. Well, Kevin Durant the, can the score snake in his came sleep. and went. Fuck he, him. He can score in his sleep, and he's a tremendous scorer. I I think his time has kind of come and gone too. I don't think he's as good as a lot of people give him credit for. I think the best player on the Brooklyn Nets is Kyrie Irving. Yeah, he's he's still a young guy too. You know, he, and he's such. I, he's a likable guy, and he's got a good game. You know, I, I really, I really would have liked to see Kyrie and LeBron have stayed in Cleveland. Yeah, and see that work out, especially for uh, oh that white dude. What's his name? Kevin Love. Kevin Love. Like that. That that whole like they could have, they could have been the beast in the East, and uh, they didn't work out together. And that's that that's kind of a shame because you want to see. I would have rather have seen. As a LeBron fan, I would have rather seen LeBron stay and win championships for Cleveland, for Cleveland, than right. than bounce around to His Cleveland, to Miami, back to Cleveland, to L.A. And, and it's I understand it, it being a business move, a move to to better your legacy, your career. Like, uh, you just got you got to make those moves sometimes. I like D.L. Hughley's 
joke that, that he said this when LeBron went to Miami, but it fits with LA too. It's like uh, he's they they said you know LeBron got so much shit when he went to he went to Miami and uh, <laughs> DL Hughley was like motherfucker, you ever been to Cleveland? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to go play with? With arguably two of the the best players at the probably time, probably the, the second NBA. best, probably the third. Excuse me, the third best shooting guard of all time, but behind Michael and Kobe, the third best shooting guard of all time is Dwayne Wade. And to go play with him and and the Raptor, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the one that looked like a dinosaur. He, I mean that dinosaur. that that team, they had a lot of promise, a lot of shit talking, you know. Not one. I wish not he two. I wish he would have. And, and you know, uh, for Dwayne's sake, you know, losing Bosch or whatever. But like LeBron, I I just I miss that style of the NBA where you had one or two superstars and the league was more interesting. Right. That's why right now it was kind of I was kind of disappointed last night. Um, you know, I'm a big basketball fan. I love basketball. Uh, Lakers are my team till the day I die. But there's this kid in Dallas who's a beast. He's the beast from the East Coast, uh, or not East Coast, but being you know from you know Eastern Europe conference and well and, being a European and yeah. uh, Luca Luca is amazing. He's my favorite two guard in the NBA, and uh, they they really underperformed against uh, the Lakers. The Lakers kind of ran the floor easily, uh, beat them one thirty five I think to like one ten. And uh, it was not a competitive game, L.A. Uh, granted, L.A. lost that first game against the Clippers. that They should have won. And I think they came out with something to prove. And L.A. beat the hell out of the Mavs. Uh, but, the, but things are looking up for the Mavericks. And I think uh, Luka, Luka's great. You can't count out, out uh, who I think is the best uh, point guard in the NBA right now, Damian Lillard and the Trailblazers. Yep. Uh, mad respect to him because he had multiple opportunities over the last four years to go to a different team, and Lillard is is sticking it out. And, um, you know, I used to love Russell Westbrook as my favorite point guard, but uh, Damian Dame, – Dame Dalla. He's a good – he's, he's an all-around he's, he's good, amazing. good player, good guy. And I, I think, like you said, Luka, man, I want to see them in the playoffs – Play the Lakers. That would be a They'll good be matchup. They'll be there. I, mean, I don't know in, if the, in the I, West. It's just they, if they can build around him, I'd love to see Dallas. I always love to see them do so, well. So Portland last year was uh, the eighth seed. They they lost uh, to L.A. I think I I see this season uh, the Lakers being the number one seed, the Clippers being the two seed, and then Portland being the three seed. Uh, Portland or the Mavericks up there, just because of the caliber that uh, Damian Lillard and Luka Doncic. Uh, that they bring to the table. So NBA season is going to be very exciting. Definitely. Uh, it's just getting started. Um, you know, yesterday LeBron passed, uh, I think, Oscar Robertson for the most points scored on Christmas Day to be number two. And what's funny, number one is Kobe Bryant. Uh, it's not hard for him to have gotten that because the Lakers have played every Christmas Day since like 2004. So that's why Kobe's number one. But I'm sure LeBron may get that next year if he stays with LA, uh, just because they all, the Lakers play every Christmas. So right. it's kind of it was it was like one of those useless stats that ESPN likes to report on. Uh, can you it, can you imagine being one of the statistical guys for for ESPN for you know the NBA? I mean those guys. 
they do their homework, they do their work, and, and it just it and would then be they a just massive get shit on them on face social media. They do, man, and it it's crazy the number of stats that they have and the type of wacky like some things of the stats come up that come with. up. It's like, man, that's crazy. But when you really look into it, it's like, ah, who gives a shit? Right, but that's somebody's job. <laughs> but it's it's a it's an interesting job because you've got to do your research. You've really got to dig deep to come up with a lot of those stats. I'd take that job over what I do now. Currently, it would be so fun, whatever. wouldn't it? Yeah, just to watch sports all day. Oh yeah, write shit down. So, James, to uh, round this podcast up, you know, we talked about college football playoffs. The NFL playoffs are nearing. We have, I think, uh, there's two weeks left in the NFL season. This week, it's always a big week. Even though our teams are shitty, yeah, it's always a it's always a game that, um, and and as shitty as our teams have been this year, the Cowboys and the Eagles somehow, somehow, still find themselves on the cusp of joining the NFL playoffs because the NFL playoffs are so fuckingly stupid. Ran that none of these teams in our division deserve to be in it. I think personally, the Washington football team that is unnamed—they <laughs> are the best team. Yeah, they in the are. division because their defense so. is so good, and it's it's just insane. It just like sucks. you just said, Dwayne Haskins is so terrible. Right, and our teams have not been eliminated up to this point, and it is insane. We're still not in, eliminated. Like right. Philly, Philly, right now to get into the playoffs, the Eagles have to beat Dallas, and then they have to beat New York next week, and they have to have Washington lose at least to Carolina this weekend. If Washington loses to Carolina. Philly can write their own destiny by winning out. Dallas, on the other hand, has to have the the Washington football. I keep wanting to say Redskins. Washington. Yeah, the they Redskins. want to keep they the Washington football team has to lose to Carolina and New York is playing. I can't who I don't know who New York is playing this week, but they have to lose as well. And then Dallas has to win out. Dallas wins out, and those two teams lose. They're in. Right and. Washington right now is projected to be the wild card. Yeah, I mean, from all the they have to all they have to do is beat Carolina. They win. They win tomorrow. And they're they're in. They're in, and like they should be. If they yeah. lose, oh my god, it's going to be such a. Uh, you know that's going to happen. You know that's going to happen because it's always going to come down. Man. We play at three thirty tomorrow, and it always comes down to Philly and Dallas, and it, it just it does, puts man. it puts that drama there. It always <laughs> has some. No matter yeah. how shitty we are, because we are shit but they're the games are always good they are they're and they're they're ridiculously bad good yeah no yeah there's always something terrible oh uh, like, it's gonna be it's gonna be a shit show tomorrow I'm, I'm sure it's gonna be sloppy it's not gonna be a, a and i think a good football game to, to watch i think i may be wrong here and this is why the game's gonna be good to watch is i think washington plays carolina at the same time we play which, which you know, like if a team wins, like if it's if, good that they're Washington, playing at the same time. If Washington wins, that makes the Dallas game and Philly game unimportant, right? Uh, but let's see, let's see. Yeah, three. yep, exact same time. That's good. That's good. They did that on purpose, which I understand. I like that, and it's going to be wacky. It's going to be weird, you know, if Washington loses, but. I just I don't trust Philly. I don't trust Dallas in the playoffs. No, I think absolutely we're going to get not. embarrassed. Absolutely not. And you know the teams that have. I, have I'd s- rather lose for the draft pick. Yeah. but my team can't draft, so I don't know. I'd rather win. No, neither can we. <laughs> I mean, 
we got a wild hair up our ass a few years ago and we got we got Ezekiel and then you know we we, we, we got Des Bryant even before that and then we got get CD Lamb this year which every once in a while we'll do okay bro we'll do we, we'll do good but the, the Eagles have passed on DK Metcalf for JJ Ortega Whiteside y'all have done way worse we, than we passed have. on Justin Jefferson for Jalen Rager which Jalen Rager I'm I, I don't think is a bust he's a good pick but he would have been there in the second round right. I think you just if you we were hurting so bad for receiver last year that Carson Wentz was the first quarterback in NFL history that threw over 500 yards to 10 different receivers and you know we pass on our uh, on DK Metcalf for JJ <laughs> Ortega Whiteside which if you're not listening um DK Metcalf in in the game against the Eagles this year had more yards than J.J. Ortega Whiteside has had his entire career for Philadelphia in that game against us. And then we pass on uh, Justin Jefferson, who's arguably the rookie of the year probably right now. Yeah, for, I, I didn't understand that, man. I really For, for Jalen Rager, who would have probably been there in the second round, but in the second round we took a quarterback after we just gave our quarterback $135 million for five years. So Philadelphia does not know how to draft. They haven't for a long time. You guys desperately needed a, a quality receiver who his, who has a proven track. That's record. what I'm saying. Like Jalen Rager, he's got speed. Jalen is nice. He's, he's, he's made some, he's made a lot of mistakes. But this Justin year. Jefferson. He, there has been uh, there has been four games that I know that I can just look at, and Jalen Rager has not gone out of bounds when the you know when the clock is ticking, and. Those are big things that coaches look at. And he's also muffed several punts. That's why he's no longer punt returning. And I like Jalen Rigger for long term. I think he's like the new Deshaun Jackson, right? Right. He's a home run hitter. He is. He could take the top off of a defense. He's fast. He, he has he breakaway like speed. Two. He, he was a nice receiver at TCU. Very nice receiver in the Big 12. But Justin Jefferson... But Justin Holy Jefferson, shit. that guy, he had over 1,500 yards receiving last year with LSU. I got to see him play. He had like around – And Joe Burrow. Isn't close, that weird? Yeah, close. I got to, yes. I got to see Joe Burrow and Justin Jefferson both play. He got close to, I think, 20 touchdowns as a receiver. I mean, the guy is a great receiver. He's got great hands. And, man, if I were Philly, I would have taken him instead. But uh, If you were Philly, you would have taken Ricky Williams over Donovan McNabb. <laughs> <laughs> but the three teams that have clinched a playoff spot, we've got the Chiefs, Bills, and Steelers right now. If the season were and, and out of those teams, the Chiefs are the only ones that are really proven. And and Buffalo's up there; they're definitely the best in that AFC uh, Eastern Conference. Um, but the, 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 Steel the Steelers are being fucking exposed because oh, yeah. they haven't played shit past few games. The, the Eagles yeah. almost beat them, and the Eagles had Carson Wentz that thrown two interceptions in that game against the Steelers, and we only lost twenty eight thirty five. Steelers are not that good. They were being so overhyped, you know, with them being undefeated. And then, wouldn't you know, they drop one. They drop another. They drop another. And now they're 11-3. and three. They're dropping games like Juju's dropping balls over there. Oh, man. Did you see him get lit up? Yeah. yeah stop. And then he said, I'm never dancing on the logo again. Yeah, motherfucker, because you got lit up. And I saw an I'm glad he publicly said that, too. I, I saw an interesting stat the other day. Juju, in two seasons, now granted, Ben didn't. Big Ben didn't play, and and here's he's been hurt a lot. They're, they're, okay, but at the same time, is Big Ben the same Big Ben he was six years ago? No, no. But he is, 
he's like a Matt Stafford, right? He he can throw the ball. He knows he's how. He's got to get a good him. arm. He's a big presence in the pocket. He's better than what he's they a, have. He's a fucking tree. He, yeah. They have. He's better than what they have at their quarterback position. Oh yeah, they have Mason Ru- Rudolph. <laughs> Rudolph. <laughs> but Juju, in two seasons that AB has been gone, has not had a game over 100 yards. So now, a lot of people are wondering how much. Does Antonio Brown's presence affected made Juju a better receiver? And it's like, oh, is he getting exposed for he's not as good as he is? It's totally viable. Right. I'm, and honestly, I haven't kept up with Tampa Bay much this year. Has Antonio Brown done anything with the Buccaneers since no. he's been there? I think he got hurt, didn't he? I think so. I mean, he's he's a shell of himself. I mean, he, he spent too much time out of the league. I don't think he'll ever be the receiver. That's how that I don't like it. Like, it's like all these people clamoring for cap to come back man cap was never that good of a quarterback anyway and you spend that time much time out of the nfl do, do i think he get, do i think he's getting snubbed for the wrong reasons absolutely like i think he's he's the nfl teams are not signing him because they don't want to put, bring that drama into he that does deserve room. a chance but he, he definitely if 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 goddamn benaducci can start and then then oh my God, and dude, that's so and, bad. And the Denver Broncos literally played an entire four quarters without a quarterback three yeah. weeks ago. The Why Colin, the Kaepernick deserves a fucking chance? He deserves a chance. He deserves a spot on that's, a roster. That to me is bullshit. He, like you, it just proves the point. I I don't think Kaepernick's a good quarterback. I never did. Um, but. He's an average quarterback in this league. But is he a game? At man? Best. Could, could he manage a game? Oh, yeah. Could, could he have managed a game for the Denver Broncos that didn't start a quarterback? Yeah. I think he's he better could've. than Andy Dalton's. I, I'm, he I was really, said, he, you almost said bitch ass. <laughs> I, was, I was on the Andy Dalton I, bandwagon I, when, when, when the Cowboys picked him up, and I thought that he would come in and light it up. I did too. At some point, but he has not. Yeah, isn't it crazy to think about, James? Like, legitimately, this time next year. You know, there was so much drama being built into a Carson Wentz versus Dak Prescott debate yep. that this was going to be this was going to be the main <laughs> rivalry for the next ten years. And there is a chance, James, that this time next year, that neither one of those quarterbacks will be playing for their teams. I know, man. It, it's wild, and it, it, it's it's strange, but it's a fact. It's a fact. You know, with with Dak. Coming back I from think, injury, I think who Dal- knows if he'll be the same? I will say this. I will say this. As an Eagles fan, I think Dallas fucks that up more than Philadelphia. Like, I think we're better off right now with the team we have right now with Jalen Hurts as the gunslinger. But if Dallas gets rid of Dak, that's dumb because that motherfucker was bawling his nuts off prior but to his injury. I don't think they will get rid of Dak whatsoever. I hope not. I hope not because I, I, I feel for him. I, I hate that that injury that he, he experienced and, and, and at, at, at like in a, in a, in a, in a money driven league, Dak Prescott said, Hey, guess what? I am worth this money that I want. A lot of people. And you know what? I was one of those people too. And I'm sure you were too, even being a Dallas fan when he was demanding that money. It's like, okay, motherfucker, you're not worth that money. Right. And and I think part of it, yeah, he saw a quarterback that in his eyes, which probably agreeable, he he's just as good, if not better, than Carson Wentz, and he got a payday. And Dak has not. He's still playing on his rookie, rookie contract, and then they franchise his ass. And then I, I totally, from Dak Prescott's... I understand his holdout. I, I feel bad for him because then he came out and did... 
he took he took nothing and turned it into something. Because I'm sorry, Marcus Pollard is the best running back on the Dallas Cowboys roster. <laughs> yeah. He's ten times better I, than Dak this season, I, or with, not uh, Dak Zeke. Yeah, with the with the Dak thing, I, I really agree that you know we 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 completely had a different team once he went down, big time. But I, but do you see and, what I'm saying? Like you you I think I think Jerry Jones and that management was in a position to where it's like okay we have Zeke who's this badass running back right but really didn't do much the second half of last year hasn't done anything at all this season and Marcus Pollard is outperforming him and yeah with Marcus Pollard, Pollard I think is getting like five point eight yards of carry Zeke has like three point with the Pollard and, and Elliott comparisons Pollard is outperforming Zeke and Zeke is. He needs to watch his back because he's going to get his position taken, and, and he's he's a shell of himself. Also, like I keep saying that, but the guy is not as productive as he used to be. He's he's not especially, as fast, especially he's not of as as elusive as he used to be in a league where running back a a, a shelf life of a running back in the NFL is like five years max. Zeke's Zeke is nearing that end, right? He's still he's still a great athlete. His athleticism is off the charts, but he's really got to condition himself to be the starter for the Dallas Cowboys because it, it commands and it demands a high caliber of athlete. And I, you've got to perform and meet those expectations. I think it's not hard to to say, and granted, I know I know Dallas has had injuries on their offensive line front. They haven't had as many as Philadelphia has, uh, but they have had uh, some really terrible hits to their O-line, and I know that affects production. But with that being said, when Marcus Pollard is averaging – more yards per carry with less touches and being, like we said, uh, a, a, a league in which running backs are not like they used to be. You're not going to have a, you're not going to have an Eddie George, a, a, a Marshall Falk, you know, workhorse running back that just doesn't exist anymore. Running backs are good for, you know, five seasons. They yeah. want that burst. I think, I think, I think Derrick Henry is the last of a dying breed. Um, most running backs are these speed bursts, like these Saquon Barkley's, Miles Sanders, these these, and I know that's two Penn State running backs, but you know, you see what I'm saying, Alvin Kamara. It's it's more of a running back by committee, short and speed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd agree with that because you could look at what Philadelphia done with uh Brian, uh, not Brian Westbrook, excuse me, but uh Miles Sanders and Darren Sproles, with the exception of like the Titans with 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 Henry. I mean, that dude is a total fucking house he can he can tote the rock and dude yeah you don't need to he's know. insane he's 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 what running backs used to be in right. the 80s and 90s you know like you know eddie even emmett i think jerome adrian, bettis adrian peterson was alexander kind of the sean alexander of, last of that that yeah. era of running back they could really tall big strong they could break tote, tackles they could tote the load and you didn't need to take them out a whole lot they were the feature back now we've got a, a couple feature backs and we it's more of a committee thing we rotate these guys in to keep them fresh and and that's kind of the trend that college football has gone as well but it's not it's not idiotic it's not wrong i think it's smart and I think it's the future of the league, and it has been within recent. I years. I mean, you look at you look at what uh, how the New Orleans Saints went from this. You know, Drew Brees is back there in the shotgun, four out of ten or eight out of ten snaps, and now you're rotating out quarterbacks. You're rotating out Alvin Kamara. Like you have, like I think a lot of positions are seeing these these. Uh, there are benefits with it. Yeah, and and honestly, this is what I wanted Philadelphia to do with, you know, rotate like kind of what uh, New Orleans is doing with Taysom Hill. They should have done that with Jalen Hurts. 
Right. Because then you can appease both quarterbacks. Yeah. What's wrong? I, I would really love to see one NFL offense um, really commit to a dual dual threat or dual quarterback offense. Like just, you know, split if you're if you're gonna throw forty four times or drop back, let's just say you drop back forty four times a game, split that between Hertz and Wentz, and then you can appease both quarterbacks. Wentz can still have his money and be a game manager, and then Jalen can come in and, and provide that that I uh, see what you're saying. That and I think a team could eventually break the mold and do some innovative things like that. But they have to have the coaching it's just it's the coaching that comes down to it. They have to have the right schemes. NFL is such a a one leader, a one quarterback league, and and everybody looks to that one guy Aaron to Rogers. command the offense, to command uh, and and delegate everything amongst the team. He's he's the go to guy. He's he's the guy that that's the face of the franchise. So I don't think that's going to go away anytime soon. I don't. I, I don't either. I just but a, but a system that you're talking about, I think could could happen and could work, especially when you've got. Two I mean, it's working. It's working in New Orleans. Granted, Taysom Hill is nowhere near Drew Brees' caliber of quarterback. No, but he can come in and he can throw the ball but, here. But and while there. but he while can, Drew was injured, he, can he ran that in, insurance or insurance. He ran that. Uh, he was an insurance <laughs> policy to their offense. He ran that offense very well. Just so, count, double check. Yeah, you know. Aaron, a rod, as it were. Um, you know, our teams. Let's sit them aside for a minute because they're ass. You have the playoffs about to start. Do you see now? Today something happened, Mister uh, Mister Goat had four touchdowns, and they they secured a playoff spot. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are back in the playoffs. And what do you what do you think, man? Like looking at the NFC, I think your 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 title game is probably going to be between the Bucks and the Saints. That's who I called, or Bucks and Seahawks. I'm thinking Green Bay and Seattle in, in the title in the NFC title game. I think just because, given how I I. I I agree with you. Football standpoint, and I don't even know. Like I'd have to look at the actual tree. Could how who's good? Who could play who? Mm-hmm. Um, but it would be Green Bay and Seattle because Seattle would have to be the wild card team because I think they have the wor- or the lower record. They're ten and four right now, and Green Bay is what eleven and three. So, so yeah, so. Seattle's going to be that one wild card spot. And I think I agree with you. Seattle, Russell Wilson, I think he can get there. And th- I think that'll be a fir- make for a funner game. I'd love to see a Green Bay, Seattle. Seattle's just so proven game. and so experienced. They're the best in I the postseason. I think they're the best. I uh, Yeah, they have one more loss than the Packers. But I think they're the better, well-rounded team. In the NFC. And I think that would be a hell of a matchup in the NFC championship. But the football fan in me wants to see Drew Brees and Tom Brady hey, man. in a championship game. That to would go be, to the Super Bowl. That would be pretty cool, man. I mean, Tampa Bay's ten and five. They've had a they've had a successful season. I would say this has been a success with Tom Brady going to Tampa yeah, Bay. Yeah, it 
yeah, it's, for it's sure. not a failure at all. Like he's he's in the playoffs. Bill's not. So it's a win win either way. Let me ask you this. From a football standpoint, don't you feel that Sorry, I had a brain fart for a second. Um, so Brady could go into the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. If you're sitting there, like, regardless of these NFC teams, I think the NFC as a whole, or is, as a whole, it's better than the AFC. But um, isn't it crazy to think that so so many people gave Andy Reid so much shit for so many years? the odds of him repeating are pretty high. Oh, yeah. I mean, they've lost one game this year. That's what I'm saying. They, like, look, <laughs> they look so good, man. It's crazy to me as an Eagles fan to sit here and be like, all those all those NFC championships, the Super Bowl, all that shit, all that flack that Andy Reid can't finish. Andy Reid can't finish. And he may go back-to-back, be one of the few coaches. He has a NFL. quarterback now. He's I mean, our Donovan McNabb. He's the best quarterback the Eagles have ever had. He was solid, but now look what Andy has but, done yeah, with an no. elite, elite quarterback. It, Donovan McNabb is the best quarterback the Eagles have ever had in their franchise. Until somebody shows up, and I thought it was. Gonna, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be honest. I thought, yeah, fuck. Uh, Jaws. Hey, you know what? He's got cancer, so I hope. I hope, wish him the best. But um, I thought Carson could have been the second coming. And but no, Donovan is still the best quarterback the Eagles have ever had, but he's nowhere near the caliber that Pat Mahomes is. And that's crazy for me to think, being like how much I hate tech and being like, oh, he's just a system quarterback, which we all thought. We all thought about that offense. It was just they're riding off coattails. Cliff, Cliff is uh capitalizing on the success and the playbook of of uh Leach and you know. Going going through the motions and being just yeah, an air, air I, raid quarterback. I, I and knew, then he goes in and tears it up. I knew how good Mahomes was just witnessing his play in college and, and the type of numbers he put up and just his, his size, his arm strength. I knew he would be good, but I didn't I knew that he would this good. Right. I knew that he would be good. I didn't know he was going to be elite right out of the gate, which he has been elite, and he's taken the Kansas City Chiefs to a level they, they hadn't been. He's the best quarterback in the, the NFL 60s. right now, right? I mean, Would you agree with that? Yeah. He is. I don't he's, think he's there's the, another he quarterback. He is the best quarterback in the NFL. Aaron's up there, but I think, honestly, I've always said this for multiple seasons, Aaron Rodgers is incredibly overrated. I don't understand where that GOAT comparison comes from. Uh, Just because he doesn't throw interceptions. He, yeah, I think that's it. They he, win games. He's he's a he's a likable guy, and you know so is Patrick Mahomes. And for him to bring a championship to the Chiefs, you know, and that's this past saying, season, since the '60s, he's he's done so much for for that city, so much for the team, and and it, it just it it's a testament to what type of player he is. He's just elite, and Aaron Rodgers, he has elite genes inside of him. He does. Well, he is elite. His team has never been elite. I, yeah, I would I would agree with that. I mean, he's he's had good pieces around him, but he hasn't had you know high caliber elite players in my opinion he has the best receiver in the nfl i know a lot of people would give that now a title to dk right now but Devonte adams is insane and michael thomas is good too um but Devonte adams is is special but comparing the two yes aaron Rodgers is is an elite quarterback for what he's accomplished in his career and the type of production he's pushed out but comparing him and patrick mahomes at this moment 
Mahomes is a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers. Hands down. He's, Hands down. He just he, is. And, and, you know, you can, can talk about the age difference, yes. Aaron Rodgers is an older man. He's he's what thirty four. But that's the thing. That's the thing. Who did Pat didn't have to start behind no Brett Favre. <laughs> that's true. I mean, who do, who who's to say Aaron Rodgers wouldn't have been as good as Pat Mahomes is now or was when he was a rookie um, in the second year? Even. Well, no, that's I'm I'm if, saying if the opposite of that. I'm, I'm right saying out the, of the gate. I'm saying the opposite of that. I think I give more credit to Pat Mahomes. Because a lot of the way the NFL has always worked is the the badass quarterback has to learn behind the old grizzled vet, right? And that that's not that it hasn't happened for Pat. No, and, it hasn't. And that's what I'm saying. It's like it doesn't matter who we think in the NFC is going to be there. I honestly think. But do you think? I think Andy Reid's going back to back. And you know what? Congrats, cheeseburger. Get you a burger. <laughs> do you think Aaron Rodgers would have been at, uh, an elite quarterback if he didn't have to sit behind Brett Favre and he was just the starter from day one after he gets drafted? Do you think he would have been? In the category of the caliber of a player that no, Patrick Mahomes is. Because I believe it's, it goes back to what we talked about when we were talking about college football. NFL is a different beast. Everybody on the field is running like a four or five. They're all fast. Everybody, it's all, I, yeah. it's the best of the best, right? I don't, I think that I do, maybe it's being an old school belief that uh, growing a quarterback a little bit helps. I look at Carson Wentz. Maybe it that's what help. hurt him. And, and I, I agree with that because I think that him sitting behind Brett Favre and learning from Brett Favre and just uh, absorbing the game like a sponge, he he got to the level that he became because of that. You know, Carson Carson set you know four games and let Sam Bradford start, and then Carson came in and just did great and took over. But if Carson would have had somebody like a Brett Favre or somebody that was a good vet. Like Sam Bradford robbed the NFL blind for like eight years. <laughs> well, what do you think about, you know, Tony Romo ahead of Dak? Tony Romo gets hurt. Dak comes in. At least Dak had the training camp. And I think I think Dak I think Dak would have been better if I I've talked to um our our, our friend Trevor about this. He's a big Cowboys fan. I, I kind of agree with the same way of thinking is I wish Romo would have played one more year. One more year. And, and let Dak grow behind him. Like even though even though Dak got thrust into the starting position I, with the I, injury, I, you think Tony? I think Romo, Tony should have started that next season. The next season, okay. Yes, yes. But with, but but to be fair, as hot as Dak was, it was a good idea to keep him in. He like, was, he was killing it, man. Thirteen great. wins. Oh no, I that, that's what, I, I totally I get that. I totally get that, and that's why so so many people were high on the argument of Dak is better than Carson. Um, but and what's funny about that is. I know Carson's only a five-year vet, but he is a five-year vet. And to see Jalen come in as a rookie and be like, hey, I haven't thrown an interception yet. And Carson Wentz leads the league, not just the Eagles, not just the NFC East, lead, not just the NFC, but leads the NFL in turnovers, in fumbles, and interceptions. No player this season has had more fumbles than Carson Wentz. No player has had more interceptions than Carson Wentz. That's unacceptable to me. And and as a football fan, I love Carson Wentz as a person. And I've I, nobody has defended this dude more than me. I, I've been like, the, the team has failed him. The team has failed him. The Coaching. team has failed him. Coaching. Environment, they, culture, it, everything. Like, they did. And I still believe Ownership. that. Ownership. I still believe that. 100%. They fucked this man Howie up. Howie Roseman. Yeah, fuck him. <laughs> they they screwed him over, but at the same time, and I've said, you know, it's it's easy for a quarterback that's mobile to come and make make a shitty offense look decent. 
for a few games. And so I think this Sunday the is, time is the, coming. The, though, this Sunday I'm is this Sunday is really gonna really gonna put some things into perspective. If, if Jalen Hurts goes out there and throws for three hundred yards and like three touchdowns and no interceptions, you might say Carson Wentz is never gonna start. In a, never right. gonna play in an Eagles uniform again outside of Jalen Hurts getting injured. And you might say we've got something here. But if he starts to look human and he starts to turn and the ball D, over, like D, I've and seen, defense defenses are figuring out. They're starting like to I said, catch it's, up to it's, him. It's easy for a shitty offense to look good behind a mobile quarterback. Right. When you have a quarterback that's main thing is pocket presence, there's reasons why you can understand why Carson has struggled with this offense. So I think this weekend, Dallas has a notorious shitty defense this year. And it's so, a good measuring stick for Jalen. So, I agree. So granted, you 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 good job. You you played good against the Cardinals. You lost that game, but it wasn't your fault. Um, you you won. You beat the best defense in the NFL in the New Orleans Saints, which I can't believe they won that game. But you beat them. Maybe it was a fluke. Maybe not. Um, so you play two games. You have those under you. You have five touchdowns, no interceptions, and you have over six uh, over over six hundred yards of. Uh, total offense in two games but now it's a we must win these last two games regardless the of pressure what, is what, on the pressure is on them and uh, you know it's a divisional game divisional games it, it's it's never mattered how how good or shitty the cowboys the eagles the the giants or redskins excuse me football team are it's <laughs> never mattered how good any of those teams are these games when it's against each other it's it's always grit your teeth blood and bones it, we're going hard it doesn't matter how shitty they are it's going to be a good game it, it is it, it's going to be a good game but it's also probably going to be a sloppy oh, game sloppy, like most of sloppy these as are. fuck right so I, I'm, I'm interested to see how Jalen does and I want to see him succeed I want to see him all, do I'm, well. all I'm going to say is if Jalen balls out does not turn the ball over has over 300 yards maybe I'll, I'll even give him like 270 270 passing yards and like a hundred year rushing yards and no turnovers Carson Wentz will never start for the Philadelphia Eagles again outside of Jalen you gotta, you gotta remember that this is a big game not only for him, but for the Eagles organization because they are playing their arch rival. You know, and, and you know if he if he does well and if he excels against them, he's really going to win the hearts of a lot of Eagles fans. For sure, for sure, he already has. Like, there's tons. Like, I'm one of the few people that thinks Carson should still be the starter, just because hey, we paid him that money. We're going to be twenty million dollars in debt to the cap space if we trade him. Even if we trade him. So I don't want to lose Carson yet because it's gonna fuck us in the long run. Like we're 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 if we start Jalen Hurts long term, you're in a near rebuild situation. Yeah. Um. But at the same time, you look at his productivity, and it is easy to say with rose tinted glasses because that's what I'm calling it right now. When it with like I said, I'm a firm believer. You have a quarterback. Look look at what Tebow did those few years with Denver. He won a playoff game with Denver. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and when you have a mobile quarterback, which Carson can be mobile, but they, I, I honestly think it's twofold. I think, yeah, I've said for years that the that the the, the, the coaching staff has fucked Carson Wentz. That they, that there's something I don't think Doug likes Carson, and I don't think his play style matches Peterson the offense he wants to run. They ran a completely different offense with Nick Foles. They're running completely different offense with Jalen Hurts, and I don't think he likes Carson. And I think long term, uh, I th- I think. Tomorrow's gonna be telling. If Jalen plays good, uh, that's it for Carson. Pack your bags, you're out. 
and uh, yeah. we'll just have to take cap space. I just know, I know Jalen. No, he's going to be Jalen. I mean, it's going to happen. Like he's going to start, you know, shedding this this facade, and he's going to start showing his true colors with the turnovers, inconsistency, inconsistency. I just I, agree I see with it that. coming, and I that's the coming. thing. I love like, the guy to I've, death I've on the com- record. I've com- I've commented so many times on Eagles football, like like you know, you have all these fair weather f- fans that most Eagles fans are tend to do, where I've seen them on Twitter, like being like, "Let's start hurts, start hurts." We drafted a quarterback when I started, and I've I've commented on them being like, "I watched Jalen Hurts play a lot of games at OU." Trust me when I tell you, uh, he's very inconsistent. I mean, we, look at Alabama. We may, not, we may not want this. He he got pulled from the national championship Tua. game at halftime for Tua, and and right now the rest is history, right? I mean, but <laughs> at the same time, now now Jalen Jalen is on the cusp of having a better career than Tua. Yeah, I mean, who knows how it's going to unfold? I I want to see that happen i want Jalen to have a better career and and i like Jalen to, to 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 feed into who that player is i like him as a player i like his uh poise i think uh some of the things that he's done yeah he's shown rookie mistakes um he's been through so much already but that's the thing but about the what Eagles is what is need to realize what if what you know what it, you know and this may sound stupid to a lot of people listening but Jalen hurts is more philadelphia than carson Wentz is because Jalen does not play like a rookie he no. goes in with that confidence, like, I'm going to run this offense. And you know what? That's something I've always said since day one. Carson Wentz has has issues of being scared, it looks like, in the pocket. Jalen played for two blue blood and, teams, yes. programs in college football, and he's been at the pinnacle at both yes. and blue so that's, blood programs. That's, that's, that's why I'm like, if he plays good, run with him because – Oklahoma he's been, he's and Alabama, the, the teams that they play are ten times better than anybody North Dakota State ever played. And so, you know what? He's he's had this is the thing you got to remember the coaching he's had. He's had Nick Saban. He's had Lincoln Riley. He's had all these assistants from Alabama and Oklahoma. He has been coached very well up to this point. Up to this point, he's not your average rookie. No, no. And I completely agree with that. So it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, go Eagles, go Birds. Always, uh, whoever I'm gonna support, whoever. Go Cowboys. It, I'm gonna support whoever <laughs> is behind center. But hey, man, we may be looking at the most expensive backup quarterback in NFL history because I don't see any team taking that contract either. Right, and you know what? Tomorrow is going to be the dumpster fire bowl. I'm gonna say it now: Eagles and Cowboys. Let her rip. It's going to be a shit, a shit show. Let's, it's, it's let's my, do it. It's my Super Bowl every year. I hope we kill them. Kill the Cowboys. Duck phallus. That's all duck I Duck phallus. All right. That's all we'll, I got to say. Well, duck Philly. <laughs> the fuck? I guess it fits. It doesn't fit. Fuck Dilly. <laughs> but fuck Philly for real. No, but real fuck talk. Da- no cap. Fuck Dallas. What's you, up, you homie? You fight? Step in my square, man. Step on my sneaker, man. <laughs> Send us home, James. All right. Thank you guys for listening to another Locker Room Hype episode. And thank you for tuning in to Bomb City Locker Room Talk Podcast. We'll see you next time. This here, Carl Malone.